0: Everyone, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast. And today I'm joined by Devin.
2: Hey, this is Devin GD Harpa on Twitter. And Chicky. Hey, I'm Chicky. I'm at the chickren on Twitter.
1: And Lot. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth. You can find me at the Lady of Tarth on Twitter. And today we're going to be
0: discussing A Game of Thrones, Daenerys Three. And standard trigger warnings for um, spoilers. We will spoil everything. And also in this chapter. A particular trigger warning for potential discussions of rape. It is a Danny chapter. This is the way. Oh, um, right? Why, why do I always get these problematic
1: chapters? There's it's like a, a reason I don't pick them. Some <laughs> <laughs> reason I don't sign up for these ones.
0: So um, we catch up with Danny after, shortly after her wedding to Khal Drogo, as the Dothraki Khalasar gets deep into the Dothraki Sea. And um, Jorah describes it to Danny, and I wanted to read this passage because I just thought it sounded really cool. Um, You ought to see it when it blooms, all dark red flowers from horizon to horizon like a sea of blood. Come the dry season and the world turns the color of old bronze. And this is only Hrana, child. There are a hundred hundred kinds of grass out there, grasses as yellow as lemon and as dark as indigo. Blue grasses and orange grasses and grasses like rainbows. Down in the shadowlands beyond as- Asshai, they say there are oceans of ghost grass, taller than a man on horseback, with stalks as pale as milk glass. It murders all other grass and glows in the dark with the spirits of the damned. The Dothraki claim that someday ghost grass will cover the entire world, and then all life will end. <laughs>
1: Which, I don't know, seems pretty cool. It (laughs) seems like very rainbow grass sounds fantastic. It sounds nice and peaceful. Like, just the the thought of, like, these tall grasses swaying. And I don't know. I like it. I dig it. Yeah. Then I got thinking, though, like, why is it so flat? And why is there so much grass? Because I know, like, it's like the glaciers retreating is kind of what created the Great Plains. Am I remembering Um, that correctly?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know we have the driftless region here, which is what the glaciers didn't cover. A little Wisconsin geography for all you folks. <laughs> little corner of the state. Uh- <laughs> anyway, um, so we find out that Danny has started to adjust to her new life, um, but Viserys is really still struggling and complaining about everything. And you know, Danny reflects back on her own struggles, which frankly sound pretty horrible. Um, you know, she had saddle sores, and her thighs were chafed raw, and she had blistered hands after riding all day. But still, you know, Drogo would come to her tent every night to sleep with her, and, you know, she would end up stifling her cries of pain with her pillow. And it gets to the point where she's literally thinking about killing herself. She can't stand another day.
2: I mean, um, this is horrific. I, just the uh, Being raped every night sounds pretty pretty terrible and, and um, you know
0: she's thirteen, so we should yeah. ask well. Yeah,
1: like thirteen. Like, oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. Wow, it's, God. it's such a, it's such an odd choice to give her this sort of like cheesy romantic wedding night and then, you know, this, which just seems like a more realistic um
2: Yeah. What
1: oh, thing. God I
2: I have so many problems with George and this storyline, I just kind of can't
1: Yeah, I am Uh, i can't blame danny i'd be in her headspace about now yeah yeah
2: yeah i mean yeah well i guess we'll talk later about the rest of the chapter but yeah i mean this is a realistic place for her to be where she is right now
0: so she thinks about then she had this she had another dragon dream one night and um it's really it feels like this turning point for her and instead of her brother being in it it's just her and her dragons and there's another short passage um she could hear it singing to her. She opened her arms to the fire, embraced it, let it swallow her whole, let it cleanse her and temper her and scour her clean. She could feel her fle- her flesh sear and blacken and slough away, could feel her blood boil and turn to steam, and yet there was no pain. She felt strong and new and fierce. Um, so this is, you know she notices that the dragon eggs feel warm to her touch and that each day starts to come easier and easier to her as, as do her nights. And she thinks about, you know, she, you know, Eerie was given to her to teach her how to ride, but really her silver teaches her everything. And, and she thinks, you know, she's never loved anything more. And she's starting to like really love this chance to ride at the front of the Calisar. And, you know, she looks forward to what new wonders she's going to see every day. And you know it does kind of feel like okay, you know she's kind of made her peace with this current reality and is, um, you know, embracing this life. Which you know it's like quite a quite a moment for.
1: <clears throat> oh yeah, it's this very traumatized ad- little girl. It's very admirable to how she is kind of adapting. To, you know, like this is cr- incredibly daunting, no matter what your age, to kind of try to acclimate to this life. And this is a thirteen-year-old girl doing this. Yeah, I so, mean
2: it's not super realistic. I'll be really frank yeah. with you.
1: It, it doesn't
2: feel authentic to me personally. I, I've never, as we all know, I've never been a huge Danny fan, and I think this is part of the reason I, I don't understand her reaction.
0: It Feels honestly. like more of the traditional hero's journey, and you know, knowing that this was yeah. released as like a novella, by her chapters like by themselves were released. Like it, it makes more sense to me in that context.
2: But does it, given what's happened to her and is happening to her, I don't I don't know. I feel like if she were actively dissociating or something that kind of made sense with oh, this is a coping mechanism where she's literally blocking this stuff out, but she seems to be very much aware taking in all the bad mm-hmm. stuff. So it's it's just it's really I don't know. I, I will
1: I, say it seems very weak that she has a dream and then she wakes up like I'm a new person today and I'm yeah. gonna turn this around. Like it seems yeah. very weak. Yeah, that's not enough. So no. one thing about this dream is there's in John's
0: um in one of John's the storm of sword chapters he has this dream about egret and the language of the dream is so it's really similar to this. Um, to this dream, and I'm. If I was a be- if I was a better moderator. I would literally have it pulled up. But um, <laughs> you know this is um, when the dreams took him, he found himself back home once more, splashing in the hot pools beneath a huge white weirwood that had his father's face. Egret was with him, laughing at him, shedding her skins till she was naked as her name day, trying to kiss him, but he couldn't, not with his father watching. He was the blood of Winterfell a man of the night's watch I will not father a bastard he told her I will not you know nothing Jon snow she whispered her skin dissolving the, in the hot water the flesh beneath sloughing off her bones until only ah. the skull skull and skeleton remained and the pool bubbled thick and red like just that it's exactly the same like that vividness yeah. of of a of a dream like it's there's so many there's so much similarity there and i don't know if it actually means anything
1: um, just I kind of hope writing it Writing about flesh, you know, sloughing off your, <laughs> your
0: Yeah, bones. I mean, I kind of hope it doesn't, because I don't want, like, Danny to be an egret replacement, or, you know, like, I don't like that. I think, like, they should each be allowed to have, like, their relationship stand on their own. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, on the, you know, getting back to the present... She, Danny's ordered Jorah to stop the Kalazar so she can ride on by herself, and she kind of submerges herself into the Dothraki Sea and is just, like, alone in the tall grass. And um, Viserys doesn't like this. He finds her and berates her, and he grabs her and shakes her. And, um, you know, he says, you know, have you forgotten who you are? Look at you. And there's another little passage. Um, Danny did not need to look. She was barefoot with oiled hair, wearing Dothraki riding leathers and a painted vest given her as a bride gift. She looked as though she belonged there. Viserys was soiled and stained in city silks and ring mail. Um, so again, like this embracement of, of the Dothraki. Adapting, yeah. Yeah, adapting to it. Um, and you know, she, Viserys starts to get physical with her, and she shoves him away. And it's the first time she's ever defied him. And, you know, Viserys is really shocked, but before he can do anything about it, um, Jogo, one of well, one of her future Blood Riders, I guess, um, stops him with his whip. And they ask Danny if she wants him dead, and she, you know, she says no, she doesn't want him harmed. But she does decide to tell them to make him walk, which is pretty much, it seems like, the biggest punishment she can give him other than death, really. Um, you know, death or, like, a physical punishment, I
1: should say. Um I mean, it's worse God. in a lot of ways for somebody as prideful yeah. as Viserys, and I think she knows that. But, like, I gotta yeah. say, it was really, really satisfying to see this, like, instant karma moment happen, v- Viserys.
2: Yeah. Well, and it's just, like, why is Viserys so fucking stupid? Don't you wonder how he survived this long? He's dumb. He's I mean, to like. Dumb. Molest like, That he's not already dead is insane. Yes, it is. I, but to, like, molest the wife of a guy in charge of, like, 40,000 people in front of witnesses is just insane. Yeah. I mean, like, well, what are you thinking? How do you think you get away with that? I mean, it's what that- is your...
1: It's like that um, superiority, It's a—I would even say racist superiority complex that I think he has.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's what it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, he definitely doesn't, he doesn't think of Drogo as being his equal at all.
1: No. No, They're, he does not understand the situation one bit. They're useful no. beasts, uh, a means to an end for him. They just yeah. don't realize it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Um. So you know, Viserys looks to Jorah for help, but Jorah makes it perfectly clear that you know he's Danny's man now. And Danny and Jorah ride off, leaving Viserys to walk behind them. And they have this pretty interesting, pretty frank discussion about Viserys. And Jorah starts voicing these truths that Danny must have realized she's always known. And he says, you know, Rhaegar was the last dragon, and Viserys is less than the shadow of a snake. And you know danny is like well but the people are you know sewing banners for him and you know he's the true king and you know jorah has this classic line of you know the common people pray for rain healthy children and a summer that never ends it is no matter to them if the high lords play their game of thrones so long as they are left in peace but they never are and i kind of like didn't quite remember where danny took this this line and it was, it's to a more interesting place than i remembered you know, she acts like this, this is a huge revelation to her, that the people really don't care that there's a usurper on the throne. Um, you know, if it doesn't impact their lives, like they, you know, Robert Baratheon, as long as they're left in peace, it ain't no harm to them at all. No. And, um, you know, I think this informs, like, who she becomes in in a lot of ways that, you know, you know it's what Stannis talks about, too. Like, she actually, you know, she has to earn it she has to prove that she can um you know be a force for i mean a force for good is like too strong of a of, of a word for what i mean but just she has to provide a benefit for the people not the other way around
2: hmm. i think what she learns is that you can't take support for granted and she'll yeah. learn it hardcore at the end of this book um yeah you have to keep earning um you have to keep earning loyalty and respect, kind of like what Ned talked to Arya about in Arya's last chapter. Mm. Or no, Arya was thinking about you know how you have to, you have to maintain ties yeah, with your with people. people. Yeah,
0: it's not a right. It's you know it's not a blood right. It's uh you know something. It's something bigger that, or at least to keep it. Like you can hold it, but you can't keep your power without without the people behind you. Um, you know, she realizes that Viserys is never going to take back the seven kingdoms and you know, he couldn't even lead an army, even if Drogo ever gave him one, and you know, she can't rely on him to take her home. You know, she asks Jorah at what, what point what does he pray for and Jorah says home? And you know, she says, Me too, and Jorah says, Well look around you, you know, you are home. And it's it's funny because, you know, this whole chapter up into this point, she has been very much like embracing her, you know, embracing her situation, embracing being in the Dothraki Sea and with the Kalazar, and then all of a sudden, you know, she's like, "Oh, if I want to go to my real home, um, you know, I can't rely on Viserys." Which is interesting because it's like, where, where did that come from? <laughs> like, you were doing so well here, and is this just that you know are, you don't really mean it? Apparently, like, you actually still have these ambitions for the Seven Kingdoms, which is kind of surprising. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Say> it. <laughs> oh, I, it is what it is we'll get into it later in this book i just
0: <laughs> so jorah calls her a wise child and, and danny says she's no child but and then she gallops away and she arrives back at or to the new camp long before viserys comes straggling in and you know she again notices that her dragon eggs are warm and you know she wonders aloud to her handmaids you know if there are other dragons in the world and, you know, they tell her no, and she's kind of disappointed. And, um, you know, Eerie and Jiki are pretty clearly, you know, Magic has died. Um, and then we find out Eerie and Jiki are both her age, so they're all, like, about 13 years old. And then Doria, who's the maid that was purchased for her, to be her sex tutor, essentially, um, is 20. So she's, you know, older and more worldly. <laughs> and. You know, she definitely gives gives off this vibe, like she's more willing to think there's still some magic in the world, you know, and Danny has her stay and eat with her, and they spend the evening, you know quote unquote talking. <laughs> I don't know um there's there's actually no you know no scenes like there were in the show here. and um, but when Drogo arrives in her tent, she greets him at the door essentially. And tells him that they have to go outside because, you know, all things of importance in the Dothraki culture should happen beneath the open sky. And, you know, she takes the lead in sex with him for the first time and, you know, rides him and he calls out her
1: name again. It's just, like, super cheesy. <laughs>
0: what, why and do I, mean? I always get these, like, super cheesy
1: moments? I mean, like, for a moment, you could, like, if you... <laughs> Uh, this is awful but just say it you're like oh yeah. this isn't the seems so things? this seems okay this is like for a sex scene for george this is kind of nice and then you get the ending where it's like and she just turned 14 and he's like <laughs> yeah vomit everywhere
0: <laughs> this at is the end so at the end of the chapter um yeah. one of her maids tells her that you know she's with child and she says she knows and you know then the next line is you know she turned 14 um, so she's 14 and pregnant, so, you know, it sounds like a bad Ugh. MTV
1: series, basically. It's real bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I've, again, I've, like... I've watched 16 and pregnant. I <laughs> mean, like, I cannot imagine a 14-year-old. That's heartbreaking.
0: This feels so... I mean, and maybe this is why on, like, some elemental level I like it, is it feels like 90s harem purple prose romance novels. What Jesus Christ. totally feels like... Um, it's, it, just, it's such. It's such a relic, and it's hard to be. It objective is a relic.
2: About. Not only that, you know. There's, God, I don't even want to get into this. You know, there there are kind of like uh, stereotypes that certain men find attractive. I was just talking about straight men here and women, and you see it pop up in genre shit, and there is a vague objectification of her here and you can feel it it's hard to kind of pick it out um but you know you can just tell george wants you to think of danny as super sexy and is you know seducing drogo here and it's disgusting to me and i hate it and i don't want to think about it (laughs) like i don't want it in my brain and it's it's harder by the year to read back through this garbage. I wonder why the fuck feels. is she thirteen, George? Well, why, why is she thirteen? Like there was, like she didn't have to be thirteen. Well, <laughs> like that's it, not you know, really necessary. Yeah. So
0: George, you know George, obviously is George in Santa Fe or is he in Taos, New Mexico? Santa Fe. But I mean, that's in pretty
2: close. Yes.
0: He's pretty close to yeah. Taos. I mean, it's so much of the Dothraki like feel like have you guys ever read the book blood and thunder it's by an author called hampton sides and it's nonfiction and it's about kit carson and it's about the navajos in yeah. you know that particular time period a lot of it's about the navajos mm-hmm. and so much of the dothraki as he presents it feels like very like feels like that to me and you know knowing that he lived in new Me you know that he lives in new mexico that he's like more f- presumably like more familiar with that culture and i think he's tr- i feel like he's trying to show some like appreciation of it but it's
1: just so it's so surface (laughs) yeah
0: it's surface it's like if I wrote it like I wrote it because I read a book about it you know Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: it's just it's so clumsy and I just like I can't I can't like come down on him for it that hard because it just feels like from a place of so long ago that I just you know I know he talks about how and when the Dothraki are going to be a much bigger part of it, and it's just going to be so interesting hypothetically if we ever I get sure to read it. Sure, hope he
1: collaborates with some indigenous people to yeah, get like, that what kind of they, fleshed out culture.
0: <laughs> yeah, like how different are they going to be? You know, I mean, I feel like they. Well, I feel he could like start by treating all them
2: as like fully fleshed people? human beings right. for right. a start. Like, <laughs> that would be a really great place to start. So it just seems like it's not even
0: going to be recognized. I mean, I hope it's not even really recognizable. I'll say this for like-
2: George. Every time this shit comes up, I will say this for George. He seems to be a truly progressive person in the sense that he seems to be able to grow and learn. And I obviously I'm, am uh, sadly white as it comes, and I have no space to talk about the the racist representation here. But, I mean, as a woman, I feel like you do see growth in some of the misogynist issues with his narrative, as far as just watching the growth each book. In fact, even by storm, things will start to change with the way that he writes um, women and some issues, not, you know, there's still issues clear through dance, but um, you know, I like to think there's a chance that he, he could change some of this. He definitely um, seems to be close with some, some authors of color, at least who maybe, maybe, <laughs> could broach some of this with him i like to think george is one of those people who could change it and could 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 make corrections and i mean you know i i I hear what you're saying guile i i you know Mm-hmm. I'm 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 of an age with you, and yes, this shit was everywhere. We grew up with yeah. this shit.
1: I think it um, actually. We had Buck O'Hare write a question that I think we're kind of like right in the meat of right now in answering. But it's like, how would you rewrite Danny's chapters now that we are no longer in the '90s, and what changes <coughs> would you make to the Dothraki? So I think, well, yeah, like, in the 90s, this was all forgivable, right? Like, this was yeah. just status quo, and now we're, you know...
2: I mean, shouldn't have been, but was, just was. what how things were.
1: Yeah. And even in that era, when they thought they were doing, like, an honoring, or... They, they, were, they weren't seeing it as being a, a very face value, surface value, very, like, flimsy excuse to try to be inclusion, to have inclusion of different people in their stories it was and now we look back at it and we're like oh god that that was not good <laughs> i mean i
0: think you know to chickie's point that you have to have the dothraki can't just be you know quote unquote the dothraki like they have to be you know individuals it can't be you know oh here's danny the white woman questioning their you know questioning their values and questioning like their system you know it, it can't just be the outsider doing that at
2: well, and coming in and winning the hearts and minds of their people. Like, yeah, it's a horrible look. It's horrible. It's disgusting.
0: Like if, you know, you would have people, you would have, you know, individual characters that, you know, might be pushing for more, per- you know, pushing for things within, you know, within it. You'd have, I mean, clearly you'd have more, far more powerful women in it since, I mean, it's, you know, if it's based off of an indigenous society, I think that's realistic that you'd have you know, women having a bigger having a bigger voice rather than just being, you know, her two thirteen year old maids. Like those are literally the only women that we Like I don't think we ever meet any of the Dash Colleen. Like they're never made like individual characters where it's like, you know, the, yeah, the head of like that monolith should be. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Like the head of that should be like a really, you know, powerful character that would presumably you know, be important, and maybe, and maybe that's where he'll go and wins. You know, that seems like a a logical way to bring in, you know, the twenty tens or the twenty twenties into this into the story. God, I forgot what decade we're in.
2: Yeah, <laughs> See, this is this is one of my big issues with this, and just frankly with Danny's story and Danny as a character because she's positioned as this white woman who comes into this. Society of who are like, for lack of a, a an in-universe term, for a society of people of color, right? And she wins over their king, like their greatest one, by like basically doing a poor imitation of a Dothraki woman. And it's insulting to everyone involved, <laughs> including Danny and the reader and everyone else. It's just, it's very hard for me to invest in or feel much of anything about because it's just so... like that's just not cool
0: yeah it starts with the presumption that she's better than them she just has to prove it you know yeah and you know she might be because she might be better than literally everyone since she you know births dragons so i mean
1: she already has quite a hand up on everyone i don't know that we you know is wielding powerful weapons what makes you better in life
2: (laughs) and I mean, being born to it and having them handed to you, which is another we'll get into that one. Yeah, (laughs) I'll get there.
0: I mean, it's that's where I struggle, because like, I actually, you know, like, I do enjoy her story, especially in this in this book. But, you know, I enjoy it from a place of. You know, it's, it feels really like, I'm not a fantasy reader. Like I, but I, did I read shitty, like genre harem romance novels? Yes. Yes, I did. So like, actually this is more of my general, my general speed would be like these shitty nineties ones. So this feels (laughs) like super familiar to me in a way that, you know, some of the other things in, in these books don't necessarily. So it's like comfort almost, which is so weird. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it. Um, But it's, you know, it's totally racked with, I mean, I read some of those books now, those, you know, those books now, and it's just like, oh, this is, like, the most horrific thing. (laughs) Like, this is horrible. Like, actually, I will give that to George. Like, you read some of those 90s romance novels now, and that shit is, like,
2: a million
0: times more problematic than
2: this. I'm going to go ahead and bring this up. Like, I recommended an old romance novel to Kyle. like... (laughs) months ago. I'm like, oh, Kyle, I love this historical novel. You should read it. And Kyle's like, well, it was great. I didn't love the rape scene. And I'm like, oh, shit, there was a rape scene? I mean, like, you know, <laughs> we just were so uh, inured to that shit yeah. back in the day. And it was like,
0: it was actually like female on male rape, so it was a little bit unusual even, but it was like, whoa, I was not expecting like this to be presented as a <laughs> not like really <sighs> problematic aspect oh, no. of this book. Like, Whoa.
2: Um, <laughs> I just like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. But I mean, like, this is what a lot of fiction was. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. this the racism, pop the, culture, the, even like this is just pop white yeah.
0: in a white woman Dance in a white woman in a foreign culture, like winning over the, you know, winning over the ruler of I mean, the white <laughs> savior is,
2: yeah, is I mean, going to be there. Jesus fucking Christ.
0: Like, I would like to know what romance authors George read, because I know that he did. Like, I, I have a strong suspicion of who. Like, it's just, it's terrible. I mean, you know, it's terrible. It feels like, it feels like the equivalent of eating, like, really rich mac and cheese to me, though. Like, I kind of like it. I know it's terrible. I, I know that there's... You know, a million better things, but it it does have that level. Like this kind of story has that level of comfort, and that's you know a terrible thing to
1: say. But it's kind of yeah. like <clears throat> it's kind of how I feel about some John Hughes films. <laughs> oh my God! Like Sixteen Candles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is.
0: I tra- I, I there's can't... some
1: atrocious, atrocious bits well, in there, but there's
0: like I, I don't know that there's anything not atrocious in that movie. <laughs> Like it's just one after and the other.
2: Is oh my god,
0: With racism and date rape and yes. just I mean it's oh, it's terrible.
1: But so George, you're better than sixteen candles, <laughs> but <laughs> that's not the one I was gonna cite. <laughs> but yeah, that, that one is uh, by far the worst. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean that's why I I
0: do think that it's just you know. I will eagerly be reading, you know, those Dothraki world chapters in wins and, and see what happens there. Um, And we'll be there judging. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, he's a, you know, he's an amazing writer. He's an amazing person. You know, he's an amazing creator of worlds and he's had like, you know, how many, you know, since he's actually like really dealt with the Dothraki in any detail, it's been, you know, 20 plus years i mean probably more than that because really they're such a you know they're not really a very big part of a storm of swords even so i mean it's been like clash where there's been a big presence from the dothraki so i mean he's really like how much you know how much has he changed how much has the world changed since clash and like where does someone with all this talent take that i mean that's kind of an interesting you know interesting thing to find out and, like, the,
1: considering he is even of a generation, a, a couple of generations beyond of where we're at, that kind of stuff takes a, quite a bit to filter through. you got to hope yeah. he's got some people maybe putting him I to hope. task on something. And I again, really you know,
0: just where he's lived, I suspect that, you know, I would kind of hope that he would
1: have people that could help him with this. He could. He's just got to find the right people. You've got to want
2: to change. Yeah. you got to want to change here. And he does seem
0: like someone who who does.
2: He so. could. He could. I'm saying this. I I think he is the type of person who could. I hope he does. Fucking hope yeah. he fucking does. Jesus fucking Christ.
0: Yeah. I oh, like I'm thinking ahead to Danny's other chapters
1: in this book yeah. I'm like this, oh, this is the beginning. To We've scratched a to the surface. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, it just gets worse.
1: It gets yeah. worse.
2: No, it really never. I mean,
0: it really really gets much worse. Oh god. Well, I'll be signing up to mod those, so <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not be here. <laughs> i you know,
1: that's my cross to bear. I'll do it. Um, <laughs> any other questions on this chapter? Or yeah. Any other comments? We've got one more from one two Trish. Not really a question, but it felt so good when Danny finally stood up to Viserys. Ha <laughs> ha! Imagine walking, uh, walking that look and being under the heat of the sun, only to have him keep yammering on i would have done the same
0: yeah i mean it's that whole you know the bully finally you know the bully finally getting his kind of but it's like i mean this is one of the you know one of the aspects of the show is i i find it hard to really hate viserys that much because of harry lloyd's portrayal and (laughs) i know the acting choices he made to make him pathetic and he's pathetic in the books but i mean instead of a cookie cutter villain he's really pathetic and it's hard to like you, you know, you pity a pathetic person. You can't really
2: hate him. You know, I don't know if there was a better casting choice of in all of Game of Thrones than Harry Lloyd.
0: I mean, he added depth to a character that, you know,
2: would have easily been someone that could have not had any depth, you know, but at the same time, absolutely portrayed him exactly right on too. I yeah. mean, like, it just Oh, God, that guy's good.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's what is he? I mean, I know he's done like voiceover work and stuff,
1: but what has he been in since Game of Thrones? I don't know. Shall I be this uh, episode's uh, comma in Google it. it? Yeah, big <laughs> comma. well, he,
2: yeah, I, w- I just wish he would do audiobooks full time. He's great at it.
1: And he doesn't,
0: you know, he doesn't look anything like he looks like on Game of Thrones.
2: So, some, you know, it's like sometimes easy to
0: not make the connection, I guess. But yeah, I think he's a wonderful. You know, he's an absolutely wonderful actor. And just, yeah, I mean, gave gave a lot to a character that would have been, you know, super easy. And, I mean, of course, he had the advantage of, you know, D&D never had to write him themselves. Yeah.
1: He's done some, like, t- he's doing some TV series works. I'm not familiar with any of them. Hang-Ups, Counterpart, Legion, Philadelphia, and then in pre-production, Brave New World. Hmm. Set, he um,
2: he was on an episode of Doctor Who, I know.
1: I mean, he's Start a good-looking looking
2: guy. Yeah, I, just, I know he played Professor X in Legion. I know that much. Oh, did does he? Yeah. I only watched one season of that. I don't know if I. I think in like it's like the third season. I think. Okay. He's there for a few episodes. Don't make me want to watch that again, Devin. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> don't watch it again. It's not worth it. <laughs>
1: okay. Good. I'm... I'm... I'm like a like X Men fan. I will not go near anything X Men until they get rogue right in anything. <laughs> oh, good luck. I, so you will never yeah. go so I will never X-Men. watch anything X Men <laughs> ever in my life. <laughs> One of the
0: fun consequences of the pandemic self quarantine is when there's like the night that Dark Phoenix premiered on HBO, it was trending on Twitter because everyone was home and watching TV. <laughs> and so just reading all of these quickie Twitter
1: reviews of that movie were hilarious. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like, not good. Not good. That's it for the mail.
0: All right. Well, with that, um, if you would like to get a hold of us and tell us all about your favorite 90s um, harem <laughs> novel. <laughs> or make some recommendations to me. You can find us at close the door end at gmail.com. You can find us at on um, Tumblr at close the door and come here on Twitter at door podcast. Um, listen to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and you can support our podcast on Patreon at close the door on pat at Patreon. Anyone know? Let me know where we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> And with that, I am closing the door. Get out.